This is Thinking Religion, episode 59. Uh, today it's Thursday, December the, oh my gosh, the 10th, 2015. Where has the time gone? For more great podcasts, head over to thinking.fm. You can listen to all the great shows there. Also, we have a newsletter for Thinking Religion. If you like the show, which you should, please, please, please go subscribe to the newsletter. It comes out once a week. It'll be full of good stuff. It'll be great, as Donald Trump says. You'll love it. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be the best newsletter ever. We're going to make newsletters great again. And also, uh, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends, tell your loved ones, tell your church people, tell, well, maybe not, but tell people and, and get the word out there. Go rate us on iTunes, like us on Facebook, all that stuff. We'd really, really appreciate it. We do the show for free because we really enjoy doing it. But, you know, it's nice to have a little like, hey, we're listening. And we, we get lots of that. But still, you know, it's, it's the sharing economy. Thanks. On to the show. Hello and welcome to Thinking Religion. I'm Thomas Whitley. And I'm Sam Harrelson. Uh, so, Sam, um, a lot going on this week, particularly as regards religion. Yeah, it's, uh, well, and even today, I just got a notification on my phone that there was a, uh, an active shooter situation at Arkansas State University, uh, which is, you know, another day, another active shooting. I mean, not to be bl- uh, blasé about it, but it's kind of sad but it's it's been fascinating to me to see the intersection of um those types of you know domestic terror or you know whatever you want to call it those types of events coupled with uh statements that people are making uh about islam and about you know fundamentalism and extremism and and where those lines blur on the spectrum of of religion on the kinsey scale of jesus as you would say (laughs) uh yeah that was oh that was a good one Um, that was a good episode yeah so yeah this is really interesting right um yeah i mean obviously we hope that everything is fine there at arkansas state um but you know all the news is still just coming out but it is like that's the way the bbc right kind of went viral um after the shooting in um san bernardino the bbc reporter that just said you know um so, you know, another day, another shooting in America. Right. Um, and it has become very kind of, um, it's the norm, right? And Obama keeps saying, well, you know, we can't resign ourselves to this, but I think clearly the public has. Well, and I, I think the, you know, maybe not resignation, but we're, we're lumping whatever is going on, you know, the, the angst of no jobs and the economy is terrible and, you know, we're in the middle of a Great Depression, uh, you know, however you want to skin skin that but coupling that you know real kind of threat with anxiety over the changing face of of the united states you know and i, I mean that literally you know we're going from a, a white male sort of you know top-down hegemony into something that looks you know very different in, in terms of uh skin color and religion and culture and language even uh and that makes people uncomfortable when you go through times of transition, just like in the 1880s and just like in the 1920s. And, you know, now we're seeing that again. Uh, so we're, we're getting a lot more of the rhetoric uh, over the last couple of weeks that, that really pinpoints, you know, uh, Muslims if, <laughs> uh, to right. be stereotypical. Yeah. And, and saying, hey, you know, we need to take action because these people are going to come to the United States from the Middle East and and cause terror. And you can see that in the news every day. So when you hear that there's an active shooter, you know, the first thing you think of is, I bet he's Muslim or, oh, I bet he's, you know, got a darker skin color than me. 
even though so is that though like honestly the first thing i think of is some crazy white guy well i'm saying that's right? i think that's right, what i know what you're saying like, that's kind of the the idea out there yeah you want to have the other that's doing this to you you know the, the dark right. skinned person if you're white right. or the white yeah. skinned person if you're dark um not I mean not to speak for other people but i think a lot of that has to do with that that shaping of mentality in order you know, sadly, to get votes and to get attention for your campaign or for whatever you're trying to stand up for. But the, the real interesting thing for me is that, and Salon points this out, um, it, it's not necessarily the people from Syria. Like, yeah, the San Bernardino um, situation or event or terrorism event might have been uh, or, you know, <laughs> was caused by uh, people who immigrated into the United States. But Quite often we're seeing young middle-aged white males from the North and South Carolina region who are, right. who are causing lots of uh, issues here. So, you know, do we do we ban the the immigration of Carolinians from the rest of the country or? Yeah, so maybe I got out just in time. I mean, before I got radicalized. <laughs> I mean, you right. know? We're going to build a wall around South Carolina and we're, we're going to make Nikki Haley pay for it. <laughs> Our roads are falling apart, but we're going to have this great wall with a great right. door. It's going to be huge. <laughs> You're going to love it. It's going to be the best wall ever. Uh, so if you haven't been living under a rock, you you know that Donald Trump, running for the GOP candidate uh, for president, came out with a statement earlier this week, was it? It was on the 7th, yeah. I believe, yeah. Yeah. Uh, about Islam and saying we need to, you know, stop. The, the ability for people of uh, who are Muslim to come into our country, which, you know, is silly, but it's also threatening to things like our Constitution. But also, if you're a U.S. citizen, even, and you're uh, Muslim and you go to overseas, you know, putting up a wall so that it's harder or more difficult or impossible for you to get back into the country. So people who are, quote, being radicalized, which I hate that term. Um, yeah. You know, we I think we're radicalizing people in our pews every Sunday um, in many churches, especially here in South Carolina. Uh, so, you know, if if you if there's the uh, possibility that you've been radicalized, you can't come back into the country. And then that just created a firestorm. So, yeah, well, and, what do you think? and so like the Times article that I read today said that, you know, well, Trump says it would not apply to U.S. citizens. But actually, I mean, in the in the 24 hours or so after he made his statement, um, he and his spokesperson were still kind of saying, yeah, we'll apply to citizens. So, I mean, right. I mean, part of this is that people are trying to dissect this like an actual policy statement from Trump and, you know, no such thing has ever come from him. Um, but, but we do have um, a, a bill that was just passed, right. That would um, make the uh, visa so we have visa waiver programs with like 30, 40 something countries, right? Particularly a lot of Western European countries and things like that. Um, and so if apparently they're changing the visa waiver program now to where if you have traveled in Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, something like that within the past five years, um, you have to get a visa to enter the U.S., which is making it a little bit more complicated. Of course, I mean, that doesn't really seem to fix the problem because, you know, a lot of the with the um, the attacks in Paris that we saw just recently, uh, they were all French and Belgian nationals. I mean, at last I've seen all the ones that were identified. Now, they might have spent time in some of these other countries, but, you know, Western Europeans. 
Um, and, I, and I think your other point about you know, what we're dealing with here is um, very clear that we have a problem with white conservative men in this country. Right, that are continuing to get radicalized. They're shooting up Planned Parenthoods. They're, you know, shooting up uh, all these other, you know, schools and things like that. Um, you know, college campuses, elementary schools, movie theaters. Um, like these are these are white conservative men typically that are doing this. But there's no outrage over that. Right. You know, and and let's make sure that they're able to, you know, purchase their firearms and their AR-15s, even if they are on the no-fly list. Right. Which makes no sense at all. Or, um, you know, like the so uh, Dylan Roof, you know, in Char- you know, the Charleston shooter uh, was arrested in Shelby, the place where I used to live. And you saw all these pictures of him and he's, you know, kind of smiling. They made sure to like stop at a fast food restaurant. Yeah, they went to Burger King. Food. <laughs> and it's like, see, this guy just killed nine people in a church in South Carolina. And it's like, well, you know, let's, you know, he's hungry. But, you know, Nobody else that is not white is afforded that same uh, treatment. I don't, it's just kind of baffling, honestly. Well, and it, like today, um, a group of cadets at the Citadel showed up on social media wearing, for all practical purposes, KKK hoods, right? And I think it's a group of four kids and you know one guy in the middle. And, uh, you know, they've clearly got their hoods on with the little eye holes. And... The reaction I've seen here in South Carolina has gone from, well, you know, they're probably hanging out being stupid college kids. You know, maybe they've had one too many cheap beers and they decided to look cool and and do this to just kind of saying, well, you know, we've all, uh, you know, played around like that. Ha ha ha. Let's, you know, let's not persecute them. Freedom of expression. You know, something like that. Right. When the KKK is you know, a domestic terror group, <laughs> and there's no way around that. And the Citadel was founded shortly after the Denmark Vesey uh, incident down in Charleston. Denmark Vesey, of course, founded Mother Emanuel, but he also led a slave revolt. The Citadel was there to keep the slaves down. Now it's, you know, a, a very uh, a very well-integrated and, and, well, on the outside. I've you know, never been, but all that to say, it, it's you know, done a done a good job to put that in the past, and it's a it's a fine institution now. But still, it's you're going to have that air of what are you thinking? You know, why would you do this? What what chain of events led you to make that decision in your life? And no, they're not picking up guns and and shooting people, but um, they're still participating in that culture of terror. And I think a lot of what we're seeing now is this reaction from people who formally you, you might debate what what being a member of a church means right like okay i'm on the rolls i only go on eastern christmas but i'm still a member of that church whereas someone else who goes every sunday and participates in all the mission stuff and is on all these boards and then maybe they're a deacon they're a member of the church and they might look down on your membership of the church because you're not a real member you know you're not really right. helping out with the church and i i think we've taken that um kind of confusion over over terms and applied that to American citizenship. So now we're saying, well, if, you know, if you're a minority and you're yelling about your rights and you don't want white people to tell you what to do, or, if, you know, you're trying to tell me I can't fly my Confederate flag and wave my guns on Facebook with my, fi- my five-year-old, whatever, um, then you're not a real citizen either, because I'm a real citizen. I'm a patriot, you know, and I've got 
my don't tread on me stickers and I've got my flag and my guns. Um, and I'm a, you know, I'm a citizen. So I think we're at that kind of a shouting match, um, you know, Facebook driven ideology versus ideology. Well, the other thing that's been interesting to me to see is, um, like how, I don't know. So it, it seems like Trump is kind of giving license to a lot of people. It seems like, right. So he's out there saying whatever, and everybody, you know, the kind of conventional wisdom, political wisdom has been, Oh, well, this is going to be the next thing that brings him down. Um, but nothing does. And his support continues to grow up or, you know, to continue to grow. And so you see, you know, he makes disparaging comments about Mexicans and, you know, people love that. He makes disparaging comments about black people and people love it about, um, you know, Muslims and, and his support just grows and grows and grows. And so I think what's part of what we're seeing here is that, I mean, yes, you know, Trump is bombastic and, at least in the rhetoric that he's using now, it's completely racist and xenophobic and hateful. And in some cases, you know, it, I, I don't really want to use the term fascist, but at least some of the things that he's suggesting uh, are not far off from that. Right. Um, but I think he's also giving us a window into how much of this country um, is also there. Right. Uh, how much of this country has felt like for a long time, you know, it's white conservative men mostly, um, have felt like, you know, they've lost their country because, you know, there's non, you know, there's this interloper, this, you know, um, undercover secret Kenyan Muslim in the white house and, you know, all of this stuff. And, and I think that, uh, by Trump being out there on the national stage and getting so much attention, um, I think a lot of people feel kind of emboldened and, uh, they feel, um, you know, like, yeah, well, I've thought this for a long time. I'm glad somebody's finally saying it. You know, we got to make this country great again, which is, uh, I think, <laughs> right? We all recognize the the under and the overtones uh, in that in that campaign slogan. So that's, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think that Trump is a problem, but Trump is not our biggest problem, I don't think. Well, I think what you said is spot on. Uh, we've We've authorized that viewpoint that, you know, we might have held in the back closet and we've given that um, sort of mainstream breath and we've made it okay to hate and, and to use fear as a, a key motivator in politics, which, you know, I'm not saying that the roosters come home to roost, but the Republican Party has been playing around with that fringe for a long time. And I, I mean, I, I self-identified as a Republican for a very long time as well. And a lot of my friends who are in the Republican Party um, kind of look at everything that's happening to the to their party and say, and they're saying, um, "Oh my gosh, this is not what we <laughs> wanted." Uh, right. I mean, you have uh, Nikki Haley this week, the governor of South Carolina, saying Trump is not, you know, actually representing what it means to be a Republican, or Speaker of the House Paul Ryan saying he does not represent conservatism. Right. You know, no, he's not Ronald Reagan or Margaret Thatcher. You know, like this is a different type of quote conservatism. And if we're going to call if we're asking Obama to call out, uh, you know, uh, Muslim extremists, then I think we should be able to use the term like Christian extremist in some sense, because um, not saying Trump is authorizing that, but a lot of that rhetoric is coming out of places that, that well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you see Franklin Graham this week, you know, Billy Graham's son, um, Samaritan's Purse does great things, um, but Franklin Graham's ministries have tended to 
you know, keep kind of venturing into that trough as well. And now he's come out this week and said, yeah, you know, Trump is right about Muslim uh, integration. Jerry Falwell Jr. up at Liberty, son of Jerry Falwell, uh, who's president of uh, Liberty University, which, you know, say what you will about it, but Bernie spoke there. Um, right. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's kind of seen as the one of the flagship, uh, I guess, evangelical uh yeah, universities. I think the flagship. Yeah, definitely. Right, right. So he, you know, again, if you have been living in Iraq, you might not have seen this, but he gave a speech where at the end he urged his uh, his student body and, and professors and, and staff to take a concealed carry class that they were offering. And he, you know, kind of made the mention that he had a gun in his own back pocket. And if more Christians carried around uh, guns in their back pockets, we could stop these Muslims. Yeah, uh, we could end those Muslims, I think is what he said. Yeah, yeah right, right. Yeah, even worse. So yeah. I mean, just having that language out there by these leaders of, of you know, Christian groups is is startling, I think. Yeah, I, so I, I think, I mean, obviously, you know, we all live in somewhat of a bubble, right? Our liberal bubble or conservative bubble, whatever. I don't really think that's to blame. I think it might be making some things worse with the polarization. But I, I think um, I think there's a lot there. Right. I think in a, in a lot of cases, a lot of people feel like uh, the Civil War is not over. I think that's a really big problem that we haven't really wrestled with as a, as a country um, on a number of different levels. But uh, so I see a lot of people in my feed, right, in my kind of liberal bubble calling out this, oh, well, you're a Christian terrorist and we should call it what it is. And, and, I, and I think that's right. But it's not certainly not a conversation that's getting kind of mainstream attention. Um, but. You know, it's more people like we're killing more people uh, or more of our citizens are being killed by, you know, conservative Christians than are being killed by, you know, radical Islamic jihadists or whatever. Uh, and it seems like we have a legitimate problem in front of us. But like, I don't know, it's OK if we kill ourselves. It's OK if Christians kill other people or or something. But, you know, don't let that brown skinned person come and try to kill us because then we're going to spend, you know, trillions of dollars and we're going to have decades long war and we're going to occupy other nations and everybody's going to get completely undressed and take, you know, uh, 10 different x-rays before they can get on a plane, um, you know, because we don't like this brown skinned people. I don't know. It's just it's kind of baffling to me that we have this huge, massive, legitimate problem in front of us that we as a nation just apparently are completely unwilling to even recognize as a problem, let alone then try to take any steps to address it. Yeah, and it's happening over and over again. But because of you know our limited attention spans and the Facebook um, notification, uh, uh, what's what's the name of the thing? Uh, the box where the bell goes off, Skinner box. You know, it's, it's yeah. a Skinner box, right? Where you get this little release of dopamine every time someone argues with you or likes your post or whatever, and within a couple of days, we've forgotten about the Planned Parenthood shooting. Within a couple of days, we've forgotten about Dylan Roof. You know, maybe not forgotten, but it's, you know, let, let's get right, over but, that. It's time to heal now, right? Right, but but I think part of the reasons that we can do that is because it drops out of the news. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right, right, right. right. Whereas, whereas, like, anything related to, you know, Muslim terrorism, you know, Islamic terrorism, whatever, if we're going to call it that, uh, just never drops out of the news. Well, that's the fascinating thing to me is that what – you know, the cleverness of Trump, whether it's intentional or, or not, is the ability to for him to create his own reality around his campaign. And right. no, there weren't thousands of Muslims protesting in New Jersey, and he knows that, but he's created that. 
Um, right. And it's it's going to be a fascinating study a few years from now <clears throat> to to look at his rhetoric and to look at how he's able to take something that might or might not have happened and, and shape that into something uh, that people can buy into and experience. I mean, it, you know, it's it's classic myth building, and right. he's very good at it. You know, it's it's Star Wars for people who feel like their country is being taken away from them. That's probably not a good yeah, analogy. Yeah, it's like, it's <laughs> like so I, I think I saw the analogy somebody used was, um, you know, Trump is the equivalent of the internet comments section running for president. Um, but it, it's kind of like that tied into all the forwards that you used to get, you know, all these conspiracies and, you know, the stuff that you would get from crazy friends or family members. Hey, um, I like my conspiracies. I mean, yeah, right, but and that's why I think also, Trump is a conspiracy. I think you're also sane. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I guess that's my point is I don't think that Trump is creating all of this. I mean, yeah, and like he is kind of creating his own reality and things like that. But I think largely um, Trump is tapping into something that has been there, kind of underneath the surface for a very long time. That a lot of us, I think, knew was there, but didn't think about it in this regard because maybe you know we were just grateful to kind of get out of that. No, because um, we, liberals do the same thing, Thomas. We create this myth that America is a, a country of progress, when in reality we have an original sin uh, that, that we started with, that we you know lived with for a long time, and we're still dealing with the effects of that. Uh, of slavery, but also, yeah. I mean, you look at our history, we are not a, a peace-loving, um, liberal, happy, progressive utopia. You know, if you want that, go to Denmark, right? Um, right, yeah. We're no, a very I, violent I yeah. country. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I think that's absolutely right. Um, and, and that underbelly of violence, especially here in the American South, is still very real, and it's still something that I think we're going to have to identify and grapple with. Otherwise, we might as well split and have the Northeast go be liberal la la land and have California do their own thing. And, you know, the South shall rise again. Well, I think the, I think the way we deal with gun violence or, or, you know, gun regulation in this country is to have um, massive open carry demonstrations by people of color. And I think as soon as we start having (laughs) that kind of sweep the nation, I, 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 it's not, it won't be two weeks before you have, um, you know, significant gun control legislation. You'll have the uh, refounding of the Citadel. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Right. I mean, it would be it would be bad. And I think the reaction would be bad. But, you know, I, I think that's what it is. Like they don't you know, this is the kind of this, you know, a myth that I think a lot of people have is, well, as long as, you know, black people are killing each other, then it's OK. And as long as, you know, us white people get to kill whoever we want, then it's OK. But we don't want black people you know, having a lot of guns and then kind of waving them in our faces because you know that's dangerous. Well, I, I think Trump is over anyway, especially after today when he joined the war on Christmas uh, by tweeting out that his book, uh, Crippled America, which terrible name in itself, uh, the book Crippled America is a great, quote, holiday gift. He didn't say a Christmas gift. <laughs> so therefore, I think his... That, it would be amazing if that was his downfall. After I, I think he's lost right? everything. I mean, I think it's over. He's He's joined the war on Christmas. He doesn't love Christ. And um, and that's it. The last the last note, um, you know, so everybody talks about how his support is continuing to grow. And it is right. He's up into the 30s now among likely Republican voters. But um, what not many people are talking about, but I hope gets talked about uh, more and more now in the future is how many people um, are concerned about a Trump presidency not just don't like him, but actually feel that it would be dangerous. And the latest poll that I saw that I heard came out is um, over 60 percent of like not Republicans or Democrats or independents, but just 60 percent of Americans 
um, think that a Trump, you know, a Trump presidency would be dangerous. Uh, so I, I think that as we kind of get that going more and more, um, the Republican establishment realizes that they can't win with Trump, um, but they've got to do something quick because, you know, you have Iowa coming in February and then you have South Carolina and then you have, you know, the SEC primaries. Uh, they've got to do something quick. Ted Cruz is hoping God will help him win South Carolina. We'll see if that happens. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think that, that it's, you know, it's just this narrative, right? And, and I'm not generally one to kind of blame the big media on this or, or, you know, for this or for that, but there is very much this, we want to focus on how support is increasing, but we're completely, you know, forgetting the other 60% or, or whatever number of people that are adamantly against him. And the superdelegates, because Ted Cruz right. is starting to wrap those up pretty nicely. And if, right. you, fo if you follow the in-depth side of politics, uh, especially as it uh, connects with religion, there's so much going on with Ted Cruz in yes. the background. Uh, so anyway, watch that. Watch, uh, watch the way that the delegates are lining up, because it's already, I think, what, 75% are already committed now? And uh, it's gonna it's gonna be Ted Cruz or Rubio, uh, you know. Obviously, judging by that, um, but we'll see how how that plays out here over the next two three months. So, Thomas, where can people find you if they want to hear more of your insights and and learnings? <laughs> yeah, see more of my Twitter rants. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Thomas Whitley. Uh, you can follow Sam at Sam Harrelson. Um, we have a little newsletter, uh, so keep your eye out for that. Um, you know, follow us on Twitter. We'll tweet out links and things like that. Uh, sign up for the newsletter. It's a lot of stuff that we're reading that we're interested in. We think you would be too, uh, but that we don't just don't have time to fit into the show. And, you know, and we won't spam you. And it's it's weekly. It's a it's a beautiful little addition to your week. It'll make you smile. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. Yeah, funny little you know memes. Maybe cat memes. Maybe Jesus memes. You know. <laughs> Maybe, you know, Jesus in his golden fleece diapers. You know, and and so, special uh, like extras of, yeah, like uh, previous show stuff that we weren't able to publish um, for one reason or the other. So lots of that as well. So stay tuned for that. And as always, you can find more great podcasts at thinking.fm. <laughs>